Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey, it's Rebecca, and today I am here with Sophie Van Tieglen. Did I pronounce your last name right? Perfect. Very good. Did you practice this? <laughs> Thank you. No, I just looked at it and thought, hmm, Tieglen, that's a cute name. I even like saying it. But Sophie is an autoimmune warrior. She is a, a foodie, a recipe developer, and a photographer. And I love your website. So you guys hope you will go check it out. Sophie, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started doing what you do. Yes. Hi, Rebecca. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited. Um, a little bit about myself. Well, you heard from my accent. Uh, English is not my first language. I come from Belgium and I speak French originally. Uh, but now everything's happening in English because I live in Colorado out here. And then um, in 2009, I got into very serious health trouble overnight after an outpatient surgery. And then um, that's how I got into the whole, you know, eating better, eating for your health, eating for wellness. And um, I started my blog and voila, here I am today after three cookbook. Right. And we're talking about your cookbook um, that I've been checking out. It's called the Autoimmune Protocol Meal Prep Cookbook. And it is really neat. I love how and you have all of the steps planned out in here and the little lists and everything. It's it's everything you need to start on the autoimmune protocol. Yes, yes. So this one is my third cookbook. And the idea behind the meal prep concept is that so, you know, and many people know what you're supposed to eat, what you're not supposed to eat instinctively. We know, you know, where, what we should be doing, but it's difficult to make it happen in your lives in your, in your busy lives. We have so much stuff going on. Then we forget to go to the store. There is nothing in the fridge. You are hungry. And that's when you make a bad decision that you order pizza takeout or something like that, that um, is going to help you in the moment, but later it's not going to make you feel good. So um, I've developed a, a way uh, to help people to implement and stick to the autoimmune protocol into their lives. And that is by practicing uh, meal prep and batch cooking. So the concept in a nutshell is that instead of cooking everything from scratch every day, you have one or two big cooking sessions during the week. And of course, you prepare this in advance. You have your shopping list. You go get all the ingredients. And you invest several hours in the kitchen every week to prepare your meals, which means that for the next several days or even up to one week, you don't have to cook anymore. You just reheat. It's like having your own healthy, super healthy meal delivery service at home. I love that. Um, before we talk more about the meal prep part of it, um, can you tell us a little bit about what is the autoimmune protocol for people who maybe haven't heard of that? Yes. So the autoimmune protocol is a version of the paleo diet, which is more well known. And it's a version that is a little bit more restrictive and that is geared towards people suffering from an autoimmune disease. Um, and it's an elimination diet also. So the autoimmune protocol has two phases. The first phase, you eliminate a group of foods which are known to be inflammatory and, and you know, to trigger autoimmune response in your body. So you remove them during the first phase. 
giving time to your body, to your digestion to normalize, to um, giving time to your hormones to normalize, and your immune system to calm down so it stops attacking yourself. So that's the first, the elimination phase. And then after this comes the reintroduction phase, during which time you start reintroducing one single ingredient at a time. That's very important because you don't want to be confused if you reintroduce two, two items. Okay, which one gave me the reaction? So only one at a time. And you do this, you know, following a little protocol over a few days. And then this will help you determine which actually are your food intolerances, which means the foods to which you react and your, the food who are triggering your immune system. And you don't want this. So how did you start learning about the autoimmune protocol? What got you started um, being interested in this? Well, so going back to what I said during the intro, I got really sick in 2009. Mm-hmm. Turns out I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease attacking your thyroid. And then, uh, so I was, I was in a really bad shape and I was visiting doctors after doctors after doctors and nobody could help me. I had a lot of insomnia and panic attacks and anxiety. And they thought I had an anxiety disorder. So they put me on anti-anxiety and um, antidepressant um, and sleeping pills. And yes, that helped a little, but that was not solving the problem because the problem was coming from my thyroid. And so I did um, with, uh, finally, I found a functional medicine practitioner who did um, in-depth testing of my thyroid and it revealed that I had actually antibodies <coughs> in my thyroid. And so that's how it started. Um, he told me, okay, he told me, okay, you, you need to eat better. And at the time I didn't know exactly what it meant. I thought that going gluten-free would be enough, but it turns out it wasn't enough because my health continued to deteriorate. And so I started, you know, looking on the internet and Googling Hashimoto's diet, healthy food, what to eat. And, and finally, I found um, some, um, blog, uh, some blogs from people. It was the blog of the Paleo Mom, Sarah Valentine at the time. That was one of the first one. And it's, it's a goldmine for information, you know, if you want to learn about the science behind, behind the autoimmune protocol. But so I found, you know, this protocol online that people had tried and they had been successful with it. And so I had nothing to lose. I was in a very bad place. I was like a zombie. I was not sleeping. I was, you know, having my panic attacks. I had joint pain. I had nothing to lose. So I decided to give it a go. And I dove, you know, 100% in it. And uh, within three weeks, like, I was like, wow, this is, this is working. I start, started to feel the improvement almost right away. I was able to walk again because at the time I was suffering from really um, severe joint pain. I couldn't walk anymore. So within three weeks, I could walk again. And then very slowly, it took me one year to get my health back on track and to get my energy back and start sleeping and um, normalizing my mood and my thyroid, of course. Um, It took me one year, but slowly and surely I got back on track. 
Would you give us a few examples of foods that you can and cannot eat on the autoimmune protocol? I mean, you don't have to list everything, but just give us an idea of what you eliminated and what you ate when you first mm -hmm. started. I'd like to start with what you can eat. I think it's more encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat vegetables, meat, seafood, right? So these are the, the, the basics of your diet. The vegetables, you have to remove all the nightshades because the nightshades are um, inflammatory for a certain range of autoimmune disease and it tends to trigger uh, joint pain. So the nightshades, it's tomatoes, peppers, um, uh, regular potatoes, um, all those kinds of stuff. Uh, so you remove this from the vegetables, but besides this, you can eat all the vegetables, all the fruit, meat, seafood, and that's the base of your diet. So you can eat fruit. You can eat fruit in moderation okay. because fruit is still sugar, and sugar triggers inflammation, which what's, that's what we want to do. It's lower the inflammation. Okay. So fruit in moderation, but yes, any fruit, especially berries. Okay. Uh, go for the berries because they are low, very low um, sugar. Um, so you eliminate, um, you eliminate the grains, you eliminate the gluten, you eliminate the nuts and seeds, which you can reintroduce later. You eliminate alcohol, coffee, chocolate, um, and you eliminate everything that is processed, uh, everything that has chemicals in it. So it's a very, I would say it's a very intuitive diet. Uh, you know, you, you really eat whole foods. That's the bulk of it. Right. So did you just a question from my own pain of listening to you say you had to give up coffee. Did you drink coffee before the autoimmune protocol? Was yes. that hard? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm drinking coffee again. Oh, um, good. Full disclosure, because I was able to introduce, but yes, coffee is a big, big one. It's a hard one. Well, you can, you know, there are what we say to people to help them, you know, try tea. How do you feel about tea? Like, you know, if you go, Oh, with I love tea, but I don't want to uh, drink tea right when I wake up. The first thing I want is coffee. It's, and that's when you know you have a habit, but it's just like, it's so enjoyable. It is. It is. Um, so it's, it, you, you're supposed to remove coffee. Now, if coffee is the only thing that you can't remove from your diet, the only thing preventing you from being like 100% super clean, well, just continue to drink coffee you know, go for it because the most important is, 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 you know, what you are eating and, you know, all the good nutrients, bringing all the good nutrients into your diet with whole foods. Especially, especially if you drink your coffee black, you know, if you don't put some kind of a dairy and sugar concoction from a plastic bottle at the supermarket into your coffee, it's not quite as bad maybe, but yeah, I just have a hard time giving it well, coffee. Uh, not in this cookbook, but in my previous one, which is called the Autoimmune Protocol Made Simple. I have a recipe for a dairy-free coffee creamer. So the trick in this diet, if you don't, we don't do regular milk, but we can do coconut milk. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you are familiar with coconut milk, but mm -hmm. we use it a lot in the autoimmune, AIP cuisine. AIP yeah. stands for Autoimmune Protocol. Oh, I love using coconut milk. I prefer the canned coconut milk over the boxes. Um, yes. But I also like oat milk. Oat isn't probably um, included, right? Because green. it's a grain. And then what about hemp milk? No. So you have the choice of uh, coconut milk or tiger nut milk. Oh, tiger nut. I, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. 
And um, it's confusing because there's the word nut in tiger. It's not a nut. It's not a nut. It's a yeah. little vegetable, a tuber. I've uh, heard of it, so, but I have not tried it. it. It must be harder to find. Do you think maybe they have it at like a... Yes. So oh, the best is just to buy the tiger nuts. You can find them very easily in health food stores on Amazon. Okay. And make your own tiger nut milk with a food I'm processor. Gonna try that. I'm going to try that. Okay. Well, that's a good overview for people who maybe have never heard of the autoimmune autoimmune protocol before who kind of want to have an idea of what they would be getting into. Um, so you said that you're now back to drinking coffee. Um, how long did you stay on the stricter autoimmune protocol? Like, and how long before you started introducing foods back into your diet? Can you tell us about that process? Yeah, that's a very question. <clears throat> Thank you, Rebecca. Um, I stayed one year, but it's different for everyone. Um, you know, it is recommended that you stay at least for a period of three months. And that's because, you know, when, when, when you need to start the autoimmune protocol, it means that you are dealing with health issues. And most likely, these took years for these to, to appear in your body. And in all likelihood, it's not going to go away after one month. It takes time, unfortunately. Um, well, Unfortunately, I don't know. But, you know, our bodies have this amazing ability to repair if we give them the chance. But it takes time. Uh, it's not a quick fix. It's not like a pill book that you're going to take and boom, it's, it's gone. So uh, you have to put in a little bit. You have to put in the work and be consistent. And so for me, it took me one year because I really wanted to feel great before I started the reintroductions. And when do you know that you, are, you can start the reintroductions? Well, that's when you're feeling good. Your symptoms that you were dealing with originally are gone. For me, it was uh, insomnia, anxiety, panic attacks, uh, joint pain, and then a, a, a score of little things that, you know, I won't go into details, but I had a lot of little things going on. So I knew when, when things were back to normal and my energy was up. And then I was also in a place in my life when I could dedicate the time to the reintroduction, to really um, take the time to do it well. And so I started. So it varies for, from people to people. So what I'm hearing is basically you listen to your body. Exactly. That's, okay. that's, and that, that is a very good lesson. I love that you said this. So this diet is, of course, to give your body the time to lower the inflammation, but also for you to learn to recognize the signals. Because so when you remove all these foods that are potentially uh, inflammatory, you're, you're going to start feeling so much better. You're not going to react. You're not going to be bloated, gassy, or whatever, whatever you're suffering from. So you are going to get to a place where it's calm, right? And then you're going to start to reintroduce foods. And those foods to which you react, you're going to feel the reactions. You're going to see them. You're going to experience them in your body. And so it's about learning to listen to those signals, recognize it. So that does make a lot of sense. And I think it takes some practice for... Um for us to get used to listening to our body because like you said, we're all busy, we're on the go and we sometimes just don't notice these little messages that our body is sending to us. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you, did you, you have three children, right? Um, did you put everyone in your family on this protocol or did you make them separate meals? How did that work in your family? 
No, goodness, no. I didn't make separate meals for everyone. Well, I thought I was exhausted most of the time. Right. So, and, and then I was cooking a lot. So, no, I didn't prepare different meals for everyone. It would have felt like running a restaurant. Uh, but what I did, I had a base meal that would be the same for everyone. Uh -huh. For example, I would make a roast chicken with broccoli and another vegetables that I would love, that I would enjoy to eat. And then I would make one more side for the family, rice or quinoa or potatoes, but always something without gluten. Mm -hmm. I really switched them to a gluten-free diet because you have to be careful with gluten in the autoimmune protocol and to the cross-contamination in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. But so my trick was to cook one base meal and then add one side for the other so they would be happy. And I love that. That's what I do with my kids too. Um, in the past when I've done like a whole 30 or if I follow keto or anything like that, um, for myself, I would make, like you said, a vegetable dish, maybe some meat. And then on the side, I would always have, which I nearly always have rice for my kids because they have very high metabolism and uh, they just burn more energy off. And so I like to keep something with a little carbs for them, whether it's, you know, rice or like you said, quinoa and they like potatoes and beans. Um, so that's, that's a good kind of a filler food. So I think a lot of times we meet other moms who want to follow these protocols and they're like, how am I going to do this? I can't cook two completely separate meals, but it really is easy to just incorporate one extra food that your kids can kind of fill up on. Right? Yes. And what I would recommend is, so what happened at my house, I didn't one day come and say, guys, we're going to eat super healthy. I'm going to eliminate all the sugar. I'm going to eliminate all the things you like. And we're going to start eating broccoli. Okay, don't do that. Right? Right. You know, transition slowly and just start making whole food and, and you know, food like you would eat in the autoimmune protocol and, and see their reaction because mm -hmm. you know people tend generally to to eat like good food natural food um so that's the way i did it i didn't have like a big declaration at home um, <laughs> but we had a talk about gluten because uh -huh. um i was very concerned about gluten it's a big no-no for celiac and for hashimoto's too so i wanted to have gluten out of the kitchen um, because, for example, your toaster, if your kids like to have some bread for uh, breakfast and um, they, they use it in the toaster and they contaminate the toaster with wheat from the bread, or if they use a, a board, a wooden board, you know, to put the bread on there and do the fixing on their sandwich, the gluten is going to contaminate the board. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to eat, or to, you don't want to use this board after to prepare food for yourself. So it was a lot of trouble and making sure everything was clean all the time. It was easier for me to just make it a gluten-free kitchen. They still had their um, pre-packaged um, snacks that they could buy, buy at the store. And sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes they would be gluten uh, but so it was like in their pantry over there. It's not contaminating the kitchen. 
something they didn't have to prepare. They could just eat it right out of the package. Well, I understand. I think that's really a good point that you bring up because I think um, so many of us don't really think about the fact that, you know, that cross contamination can happen. I don't have a toaster, but, and so I hadn't thought of that, but I think that's a really good example of how that can happen. So maybe people think, Oh, I eliminated gluten and I'm still having these issues. They could be having this cross contamination from the other people in their household and not even realize it. So I appreciate that you brought that point up because I think that could possibly help a lot of people. I, I wanted to talk a little bit too about, um, the harder parts of, you know, the AIP diet and how meal prep makes it easier. So kind of give us an example of say, starting from the day, the planning we would have to do. Cause so I'm used to doing some meal prep. And for me, that means I got to find the recipes I want to use. I've got to write it all down. I've got to gather my recipes. I've got to make my grocery list. I've got to make sure I have the things to store everything in. Then I've got to go to the grocery store and gather all the stuff, bring it home, lug it into the kitchen, unpack it, cook it all, prep it all. So tell me a lot of those steps are cut out by using this cookbook because you have done a lot of the, well, basically you've done all of the planning work. So tell us, what if we choose a meal prep plan in here? Cause you have several different ones. Um, once we choose this, then kind of walk us through the steps of what that looks like. Yes. So you choose one, um, you know, according to your mood or what you can eat because they have, um, no coconut ones. I have low carb ones, mm-hmm. uh, like keto. So I have different themes. Um, so you just choose one, and then uh, you start with. I recommend to read and go through the recipes, go through the chapter to familiarize yourself, see if you have the tools. Usually, I don't use very fancy tools. Like the maximum you would have is maybe an immersion blender or a food processor, but make sure you have the tools that you need to prepare the, the recipes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the local chapter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, print or make a copy of the shopping list and go get the ingredients. And then read once through the batch cooking directions because for some of them, you will need some uh, broth, some chicken broth. And in some areas of the country, people cannot find uh, AIP compliant store-bought broth so they have to make it themselves which means that they have to make it the day before so always make sure that you read through the directions so you you're you are sure you have all the ingredients and you are ready to start exactly and then um, the batch cooking directions i designed them so that you can start with the longest and the hardest recipes first for example, the stews or stuff that needs to cook for a long time in the oven. So you start with those. And then after, while it's cooking in the oven, you do other steps. You do the little recipes that you can quickly do, uh, you know, on the stovetop. A skillet, a scramble, uh, a soup. It takes 20 minutes to make a soup. So that's the, the principle behind the whole batch cooking directions. I, I, you know, thought about, okay, in which way should we organize all these recipes so it's going to take the least amount of time in the kitchen. And then, like you said, make sure you have all the containers to store this after. That's also very important. Yeah, because that would be really a pain if you um, ran out of storage containers for your already prepped meals. 
And one additional tip. For some people, it's difficult, um, you know, because they are in a phase of healing and they don't have a lot of energy. It's difficult to go to the store, come back, prep your ingredients and do the batch cooking in one day. It may be a lot. So you can go and do your shopping on a Friday, for example, come back home. Saturday, you prep your ingredients. You chop all your carrots. Uh, you, you cut, um, you know, whatever needs to be cut or peeled, chopped, whatever. And then on Sunday, you cook. So you spread it out over three days. It's a little yes. easier. I agree. That's how I would do it. Um, anytime I've done meal prep, I don't usually shop and cook on the same day because it is a lot. <laughs> and especially if you're following a, a, the AIP, you are kind of tired probably or trying to recover. So there's that. Another suggestion that I would add in is the possibility of having a grocery delivery. Um, yes. So if you can do that, that can also cut down on how much time. I love that idea. Uh, is it called Instacart? Uh, I heard that there's yes. something going on here in Colorado. I've never tried it, but I find it wonderful. The idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's, um, well, where we live, there's all kinds of things. There's Instacart. Um, I don't know if you have Kroger in uh, Colorado, but here you can do a Kroger has a thing like a click list, but I think a lot of supermarkets have this now where you can, um, shop for the groceries from your computer. So if someone has an autoimmune disease, you know, disease in their tired they can sit down and relax while they're shopping and then just drive to the store and pick it up or like you said instacart some cities i think have amazon now where you can get your groceries in an hour or so so i mean those are not necessarily i mean th those are things that people can implement if they can afford it and if that's available where they are i mean it's obviously not necessary you can always go get your groceries or have someone a friend or a spouse do that for you but you know make it easy on yourself because you know when you are trying to eliminate these things for your health then you maybe don't have the energy so space out um, your tasks. I think that's a great idea. I you, don't have, you don't have to be standing in the kitchen to prep all your ingredients. You can, you know, set yourself up at the table, table. and then sit and then chop while right. you're know, chatting with a friend or listening to music or watching, you know, something on TV. So you don't have to be standing up all the time. And then also you can hire people like you know, <laughs> recruit <laughs> if you have kids or a spouse who's available, able, and willing to help, uh, yes. Yes, I agree. Delegate those tasks to um, able-bodied children who can go about helping you in the kitchen. I'm all about teaching kids to help out in the kitchen as early as possible. Um, I wanted to ask you about it. I think I saw that you have an AIP community with memberships. Can you tell me what that involves? Is it something similar to what you offer here? So it's an extension. So the idea behind this, it's a membership program. So people can sign up to, um, to be in the, the, the program and every month they receive content. So the idea behind this membership program was to help people build an environment around themselves that would support their health goal. Like let the environment around yourself do the heavy lifting. So what can you do? What can you implement around yourself in your life that is going to support and make it easy, easier for you to reach your goals? 
And so um, my, my membership program is really designed for people who are struggling to either implement or who are struggling to implement the autoimmune protocol, meaning what can I eat? What am I supposed not to eat? How can I build a nutrient-dense plate? How can I make this uh, for my family too? So there is a little course inside through which you can go at the beginning that will really help you with the basic it's like AIP for beginners and then and then after this once you know the basics for example I, I teach you how to replace um, common um, starchy food with healthy swaps like instead of french fries you can do sweet potato fries instead of pasta you can do vegetables uh, vegetable noodles or you can do spaghetti squash you know, I teach people how to replace, how to make healthy swaps, uh, how to, which uh, dressings to use for your salads, all those kinds of stuff. And then I deliver every month in the membership meal, meal prep menu like you find in this uh, book, except I have Maxi and Mini in the membership. Maxi is for people who can do one week at a time of cooking and then the Mini is for, you know, eight, 10 meals. So it's for half a week. And then I have tutorials and educational videos, um, either teaching you a special technique in the kitchen, for example, how to make, um, how to make coffee replacement on the autoimmune protocol, how to make coconut yogurt, how to make dairy-free cheese, all those basics that you, know, you, you want to learn mm -hmm. in the kitchen. And then also educational videos with uh, experts in the field who are sharing their experience and how they made AIP more simple for them in the kitchen. So everybody has like, you know, good tips and tricks to share. And the last bit, so there are four deliverables. Um, so I talked about three. And the last one is one new healthy AIP compliant dessert every month because life happens we need sweets uh, you know it's not in my opinion it's not realistic to say i'm never ever again eat sugar or have a dessert or anything it doesn't happen for me and I, from my experience it's not happening for everyone mm -hmm. so let's make sure that we are eating something healthy and anti-inflammatory still aligned with the autoimmune protocol so it's all about providing this support around you Every week you receive something, there is something new in the membership. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually short, like by video or 10 minute maximum, the tutorials are short. It's really focused and on point. So you have something every week that teaches you something new, make it easier for you in your life, make it easier to implement. And you have the meal plans also. That sounds like a lot of value. Can you tell me, because you piqued my interest, so uh, what, what does an AIP dessert look like? I mean, what, what do you well, for dessert? Well, um, the dessert for the month of December was an AIP German chocolate cake. What? Yes, voila. <laughs> Yum. And before that, in November, I had a persimmon galette. Uh, oh, so it's, yeah. what, it's always also seasonal, right? Mm -hmm. So using persimmon, a dessert using persimmon. And then before that, what was it in October? Ooh, I don't remember. No. <laughs> oh, I can tell you what's coming next. So it's January. So um, we are doing a little bit of a reset. And they don't know it yet, but it's going to be fat bombs. So how to make coconut fat bombs. So yeah. those little, like, little candies. Kind of like a candy. truffle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
similar. They are called like fat bonds mm -hmm. so because you use coconut and how to make them with fruit or with carob or, you know, it's going to be this. That sounds amazing. I, I, I think that would adds a lot of value and this is a great place to start and then people can join your membership to just continue on the AIP for however long it takes to get back on track with their health. Um, I want to ask you one more question before we go, because I always like to ask women who are just rocking it. You have a lot going on. I was just listening to you talk about your membership and thinking, how does she even do all of that? So what are your strategies? Give us some tips of how you make it all happen. So my health is still and will always be my number one priority. And uh, stuff happens to me. I'm not superwoman. Uh, I will have months where I'm not feeling up to the par. And so when, when I have something coming on, I feel like, oh, I'm not going to be feeling so well, or I may have a flare coming on, or I'm not doing so well. Um, I just retreat. I, I get stuff off of my plate, and I focus on my health, on my self-care. You know, eating right, sleeping, exercising, spending time in nature. Um, so that's my priority. And then I've learned that I can't do it all by myself. As much as I wish, as much as my type A personality likes to have everything exactly the way I want, I've had to learn to delegate. And so in my business, I, I use, I subcontract things. I use uh, the other people. I have a team of people who are helping me to produce the content. Um, you know, and everything that's happening on the blog as well, because I also have a blog, which is called The Squirrel in the Kitchen. The Squirrel yeah. in the Kitchen. You have to tell us a little bit about why you well. that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just listening to the podcast, Sophie is uh, pointing to her hair. So you might want to come over and look at her beautiful hair on YouTube. These podcasts are also available as videos on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Sophie, you have gorgeous hair. Red hair, like a squirrel, like the tail <laughs> of a squirrel. So that's where the name comes from. Um, yes, so it's all about keeping balance and knowing where your priorities are and paying attention to that. And when you feel something coming on, like retreat in your safe self-care zone. Well, thank you, Sophie, for being with us. I love your book and your website, and I know that everyone listening they're all going to get a lot of value from this and hopefully people can start healing their bodies and feeling better. Yes. And if the listeners have additional questions, they can always go to my blog and hit the contact uh, button and send me their questions. They come directly into my inbox and I will um, help them give them an answer. Or if I can't, I will, you know, um, direct them in the right direction. That is super nice of you, Sophie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.